is there enough evidence to convict such and such a body of such and such a thing and John is the witness of who Jesus is that he is the promised light that was to come into the world but John's birth was only the warm up act he wasn't the main event he was the warm up act just like if you went to the theatre and sometimes there's the, the comedian and the like and they warm up the crowd because you're waiting for oh come on just get it over with we're waiting for the main event just like Glastonbury and the lights and all these musical um, things happen over the summer you will hear them saying oh get what the big act next summer's going to be duh, 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 duh. and the crowds will go for the big act but there'll be a supporting acts beforehand and John is one of those supporting acts he's saying he's pointing to Jesus he's saying I'm not the big act but I'm preparing the way and I'm pointing to the big event to the big event whatever you might think of me I might be a good lad as it were from John's perspective and he had disciples around him and he was teaching and preaching but he was pointing to the light and John we see had a purpose and his purpose was oops maybe maybe not would you like to do that Emily it doesn't seem to be hey was that you or me don't know I pressed it at the same time <laughs> he was what was John's purpose it was to point to Jesus I mean John had a great CV if you looked at his CV or his credentials you'll notice that the, there was, it was miraculous all around John's birth too almost paralleled the birth of Jesus I don't know if you noticed that before John's miraculous birth was to elderly parents they admit it, they, they were well past it and yet Zachariah and Elizabeth's cry was that the Lord as it were might come and that he might be merciful to them and it was the Lord who brought about that miraculous conception in that sense for Zachariah and Elizabeth I guess when people heard about John John's parents um, Elizabeth being pregnant maybe they thought oh gosh this rings a bell Oof. do you remember Abraham and Sarah Oof. and so they could have gone on with other stories where perhaps there was barrenness before heartache and how God had intervened of course Jesus was born of a virgin you can't match that one and then of course Gabriel Gabriel was God's first class postman if you like who appears to Zachariah and he also appears to Mary quite remarkable both of them were disturbed and afraid well you would be wouldn't you and both heard the reassuring words do not be afraid and then of course both mothers 
Elizabeth and Mary had a heavenly ultrasound scan and they were told that it was going to be a boy even before he arrived it wasn't ooh yes the bumps you know the pain's more at the back and there's a bump there and oh I think it's a boy you know like we do this was a message from on high where God was declaring for Elizabeth it's going to be a boy and for Mary it's going to be a boy and then heaven sent a name and for Zachariah and Elizabeth they were given the name call him John which means the Lord is gracious or God has shown him favour and of course for Elizabeth for Mary it was name him Jesus the Lord is salvation or saviour because he will save his people from all their sins and they were filled with his spirit John and Jesus I mean remarkable what a CV this is and he could have easily said John could have easily have said when he came of age hey look at me all those credentials from a priestly family too with Zachariah look at me he could have said show me some respect honour me look after me I'm important but we read that he lives a simple life in the back of beyond in the wilderness alongside the Jordan River some commentators say that because Elizabeth and Zachariah were elderly therefore um, John was quite young when he died and that actually he was adopted by one of the Essenes uh, uh, that uh, uh, were a community that met in, down near the Dead Sea near Qumran um, of, of today and that he was brought up within that community I don't know some people surmise those things but he lived that simple life and he began from those early days to be pointing to one who was far greater than himself to Jesus the main event the main act John it says was called or he was sent sent like a herald before the arrival of a king to prepare the way John wasn't the light of the world but he was testifying a witness to the true light of the world so like in a, a witness seen in a trial what do you see or what do you hear here are some other witnesses pointing to Jesus John was pointing to Jesus saying he's the Messiah but here's some others pointing to Jesus witnessing of who he was you'll read of the Old Testament the Old Testament scripture scriptures are a witness pointing to who Jesus is for we read there in the Old Testament text that the Messiah would come from Jewish stock if you look to his family tree you can see that in, in the genealogy in Matthew 1 there where we see that he was a son of Abraham and of the line of David 
that the Messiah would be born would be born of a virgin and would be a boy oh and by the way the Old Testament said and that he would be born in Jerusalem no he doesn't Jerusalem might have been the expected place he was born in Bethlehem it means the house of bread that's what it means Beth means house Lechem is bread the house of bread and the bread of life had come the Old Testament scriptures point and witness to who Jesus was the land of Israel was under the Roman rule and the Jewish nation had been suppressed for centuries and they'd been longing and praying for the promised Messiah to come and after around about 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament God begins to speak again and you'll discover that the New Testament gospel writers Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all give their own witness accounts of the life and the work of Jesus. Now, my understanding is that any police force would be suspicious if all the witness accounts were exactly the same. They'd think they'd colluded, that there was a conspiracy here. How interesting. When we read the witness accounts from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they all give their view of it how they see things. So it's not necessarily a contradiction. Well, John said this and Matthew said that. It's, it's the view they had. It's the things they saw and were passed and were passed on. So actually, as it brings it together, it brings a whole picture and it adds to the witness account that this isn't just a nice fairy story made up. But actually, when you bring the jigsaws together, we see Jesus. And so it fortifies the witness account of the New Testament too. The prophets of old had spoken about it, and the rabbis had taught about it, and no doubt there was maybe an, an innovative market stall somewhere in Jerusalem maybe, um, with a business printing t-shirts which simply said, he's on his way. He's on his way. We've been waiting, but he's on his way. I'm sure they made good business because they'd been waiting and waiting. And now John was saying, he's here. The one you've been waiting for, he's here. And we say to our world that we live in today, they're looking for a saviour to rescue them and there's all sorts of 101 alternatives as to who that saviour might be. But we're here today to say, he's here. Stop looking anywhere else. Stop trying this, that and the other or this concoction and mix. I'll have a bit of Buddha and I'll have a bit of New Age and, and I'll pick the bits I like. We declare today He is the one and only Saviour of the world and His name is Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you don't recognise that, I'd say to you, stop sitting on the fence. 
Who else is coming to your aid and to help you? And when the worst comes to the worst and you're popping your clogs and you're pushing up daisies, as we would say, who's going to stand by you then? Who else has promised eternal life? What other God has come down from the glory and splendour of heaven and come to rescue us? All the other philosophies are us trying to crawl up to God. And we have a Saviour who has come down into the pits where we are that we might be lifted up to heaven itself. John pointed to Jesus. The Old, the Old Testament Scriptures pointed to Jesus. The New Testament Scriptures pointed to Jesus. The early church pointed to Jesus. He's on his way. Where are we pointing people to? Where are we pointing people to? And John had a part to play. He had a part to play. And he and you and I are not bystanders. Leonard Bernstein said the most difficult instrument to play in the orchestra is the second fiddle. He said, I can get plenty of first violinists, but to find someone who can play the second fiddle with enthusiasm, that's a problem. And if we have no second fiddle, we have no harmony. And John was happy to be playing the second fiddle to Jesus. He was the star, if you like. John wasn't about, it's all about me. And sometimes we can fall into that mode of, it's all about me, and what about me, and how does it affect me? And sometimes we have the attitude of, well, people need to come to me, and people need to help me, and I deserve this. And John was happy to be playing that second fiddle role. And there's a call for us to be pray, playing that second fiddle role that is in harmony with the main event. It wasn't about position or power. I'm sure when Zachariah, when Elizabeth and was pregnant with Zachariah they played the game that we play when a child is coming and uh, Marion and Andrew are waiting for the arrival of their second grandchild any minute now I'm sure they've had the conversations when the little one arrives um, guessing um, when um, guessing when the, when the baby might be born maybe guessing what names it might be and then when the little one arrives, you know, you're looking at the fingers. Oh, those are long fingers. I wonder if they're going to be a pianist. Oh, they've got long legs. Are they going to be a marathon runner or a high jumper? 
John knew who he was. And scripture tells us here, it says he was a man, not a god, not a tin pot dictator, he was a man, sent. If you like, he was a runner, he was a herald going before from God to testify, to point to Jesus, who is the saviour of the world. And of course, most parents believe that their child is precious and special. And so it should be. How sad it is in the world that we live that there are many children who grow up into adulthood who have never felt special or good enough. Always it's felt missing the mark with their parents. You've experienced something similar. And the ripple effect and consequences of that attitude towards us has affected the rest of our lives too. Our own self-image, our own self-worth. Oh, I couldn't do that because you hear dad's or mum's voice in the background. Who do you think you are, you little upstart? You couldn't do that. Let me remind you, if you've been in that place or are in that place, you are precious to him. You are not a mistake or an afterthought you were designed by him and is intimately acquainted with all of your ways. And he loves you so much that he moved heaven and the earth to show on the cross how much he loved you. And so just as much as anyone else, he calls your name to. Yes, when he's calling your name, don't look around thinking he's calling somebody else. He's calling your name. And in this case, it was John. And when he calls us, he's able to keep us and hold us and provide for us and bless us and fill us perhaps with a love that we've not experienced before. We all have a part or purpose to play in the warm-up act, pointing others to the main event, Jesus. We too, like John, are called to be witnesses, to be telling of our encounter with the Messiah, Jesus. And if we keep that to ourselves, we're keeping that from others around us, from knowing of this good news. It's good news, isn't it? Not bad news that we're loved, that we're rescued, that we're redeemed, that we have a hope in the future. It's good news and it's not meant to be kept to ourselves or in a nice holy huddle for us here on Sunday morning. We are meant to be witnesses of that light and to point folk to Jesus. Well, this is my story. This is how my encounter with him. 
this is where I was and this is where I am now. And nobody could be saying, no, no, that's not quite right. It's your story. It's your encounter. And it's your witness of your encounter with a God that has loved you. And a God who welcomes all. God so loved the world, the world, the cosmos, that whosoever. You've heard me say it time and time again. Any Tom, Dick and Harriet, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So there's a choice to be made and we're called like John. It's not just the Johns of the world. We're all called to be witnesses of the light and point people to him. In preparing the way for any king or any president or prime minister or VIP obstacles would have been moved out of the way. When Princess Diane came to the hospital I was working at in the 1990s, stuff was painted, new carpet was put down, flowers suddenly appeared, obstacles were removed to announce the arrival of Princess Diane. And the job of a herald of John going before the main event Jesus was to prepare the way was to clear the way and to point to him and I guess the challenge for me and for you is are we preparing the way for our family and our friends or work colleagues to meet with King Jesus or are we putting obstacles in our lifestyle our attitudes, our behaviour that simply put people off. If our faces or our lives were a billboard, what would you be advertising? Grumpy, sour face, moaning and groaning, never happy, blaming others, what would they see that promotes and encourages and points people to Jesus and they recognise he's made a difference with you and if he's made a difference with you and if he's changed your life then maybe he could touch mine too. John kept the focus on Jesus. He was happy to play second fiddle. He wasn't after power or position, just wanting to play his part. John's prayer later on was, less of me and more of him. Less of me and more of him. Maybe too, in preparing the way for family and friends for this Christmas in meeting Jesus, maybe you need to prepare room for yourself for him to come afresh for him to rule and reign in all the departments of our lives and not just certain rooms you know when somebody comes and visits your house well yes there's the bathroom and there's the kitchen but you don't necessarily give them access to the bedroom or other particular private areas 
there's a sense that God is wanting us to prepare our hearts, our rooms, that he may come in into every area and room of our lives and rule and reign and change and restore and redecorate and refurnish, if you like, that we might speak of him. There's a cost, of course, in following Jesus. It's not easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. There's a cost in being a witness of Jesus. And it might be interesting for you to know that the Greek word used here for witness for testifying is also the root word in which in English we get the word martyr. Whether you realise that. It's saying something else here. John was willing to be a martyr. He was willing to give of his life. Bonhoeffer, the German pastor during the Second World War, said when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. To give are all and as you know with John he was eventually arrested and imprisoned and finally he was beheaded do you remember Peter and the disciples they were told to stop speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus and Peter replied in Acts 4 there for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard and the story goes on to say and with great power the apostles continued to testify to witness that word there to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them the early church although it grew also suffered much persecution because of its insistence that Jesus is Lord and that there's no other I love the story of Polycarp and I think Bob has quoted him before in the past in those early centuries he was the bishop of Smyrna and he was arrested and he declared God's will be done and he provided food for his captives when he was in prison and they escorted him to the Roman consulate and the, the consul was struck by how old Polycarp was the consul said pity your grey hairs old man just burn some incense before the emperor and you can go free Polycarp responded if you think for a moment that I would do that then you pretend not to know who I am hear it plainly I am a Christian the consul came back and then said then do this old man just curse Christ and I will set you free and Polycarp responded 86 years I have served my Christ and he has never done me any wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? And they took him off and they killed him. It costs to follow Christ. Let me just finally read as we come around the Lord's table in a moment. But John the Apostle, this isn't John the Baptist, John the Apostle who wrote John's Gospel and he wrote, wrote 1 John puts 
it like this, of witnessing to the light and love of God in Christ. 1 John 1 said, Now, now uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. We are preparing the way. We are pointing to the light. We are willing to give our all. That many might be drawn to him and not to us. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've called us by name too. Thank you that for whatever our background is, we're here this morning and that we've heard and maybe seen you in action in others li- other people's lives. Lord, we pray, come to our hearts, Lord Jesus, for there is room in our hearts for you. Set us ablaze, set us alight with the light of God, so that you might increase and that we might decrease. and that we might attract others to you. Help us to prepare the way for our loved ones this Christmas, for those family gatherings, for those once in a a blue moon gatherings with families and loved ones. Lord, help us to prepare the way. Do a work of God in us. Remove the stumbling blocks that have put people off before and change us to be more like him. That they might see Christ in us, the hope of glory. For we ask it in his name. Amen. As we come around the Lord's table now,